Hello and welcome to the High Vibe Babe podcast, a place for the bold babes that refuse to settle. I am your host and coach, Kelly Kristen, and I am absolutely obsessed with helping women know their worth, speak their truth, and step into their power. That is the making of a High Vibe Babe, and that is what this podcast is all about. Together, we will up-level your mindset and your life in all areas. I am so happy to have you here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful babes. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspiration Series of the High Vibe Babe Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with the beautiful Viola Hug. And um, Viola is an intuitive business coach and mentor for visionaries, host of the Abundant Babes, a podcast for the visionary, author of You're an Abundant Babe, and an educational and motivational speaker. She lives a digital nomad lifestyle, traveling around the world, working with clients to help them set up and scale their soul business and empowering women everywhere to know that they have what it takes to achieve all of their wildest dreams. So I'm so excited to have you here, Viola. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Yeah. So, and again, this is like take two of hi, hi, bye, babe. With abundant babes, so feeling the babe vibes. (laughs) I'm so excited to be digging into really your story. So, as you guys know, the inspiration series is all about women that went from a place where they were really not having the direction in life, not knowing, like you know, going overcoming challenge, overcoming obstacles to live a thriving life today. So I'm so excited for Viola because she is a total badass. So I kind of would like to start with really where you are today, like the work that you're doing with women and the success that you've had, and then kind of go back to say like, okay, well, it didn't really start there, right? Because today Mm -hmm. you're absolutely crushing it in business. You're helping women all over the world build their businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. You're traveling the world, getting to work from wherever you want, but it wasn't really always like that for you. So um, let's, let's go and dig into that. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So things are pretty amazing now. It's literally like um, one of those scenarios where I'm like, pinch me. Is this my real life? And then I'm like, (laughs) no, I'm definitely awake. (laughs) This is life. This is real life. And Yeah, it's been so incredible because I guess like my um, journey and uh, the work that I've been led into do, which is really a lot of coaching, like I feel like the people that I end up attracting and the people that I really want to work with are so similar to how I've always been, which is so ambitious, so desiring um, success, but also in a really fulfilling way, you know, in a way that um, not only inspires and brings passion to their own life and fulfillment and fun and all the things, but also for people in their lives, which is why I think coaching ended up being such a natural um, choice for me when I stumbled Mm -hmm. upon it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's like um, last year, well, I only started building my coaching business about a year and a half ago now. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been a struggling entrepreneur for five years before that. And the success that I've had in this time frame has been so mind blowing. But I really think a lot of it is because I was finally able to integrate and fully like embody and understand all of the things that I learned from like a really holistic perspective. Like I've had my um, background in health and nutrition. I am upset. I'm obsessed with spirituality and kind of that, that connection. I, you know, there's so many things that I'm interested in. So it's also very holistic um, build up to what I've created and that's why I also work with my clients in a really holistic way Um, but yeah then last year my husband and I packed our bags sold all our stuff in August last year in 2018 and decided to travel the world and while we were traveling the business just kept growing and growing and growing and then I wrote a book and I mean yeah, it's kind of like, what, what's going on? But it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. So obviously you were an entrepreneur before coaching and we'll get into that, but what kind of started you even on that journey of like, where, where, what did you have to overcome to get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm doing my own thing. I'm building my own life. How did you get there? Yeah, I feel like um, I've been, I I think with a lot of entrepreneurs, it's kind of like you've always had this inner calling to do something a little bit outside of the box. And I've, I had that um, for almost my whole life, but for, for starters, I think I started to um, not necessarily doubt myself, but I didn't really see a lot of evidence in my life, that it was actually possible. The goals that I had, you know, like I saw people on movies and people Mm -hmm. in Hollywood that were living, you know, really apparently free and fun lives but um in my immediate circle there wasn't a lot of um, evidence of that and it was really all I was being faced with is a lot of people um laughing at my goals snickering at my goals like every time I said anything they're like oh Viola you know the the crazy dreamer that was kind of my role and then I really started to struggle a lot because when I was 14 my dad was diagnosed with cancer Mm. and I feel like that's when I first realized the importance of health because my parents had like a a pretty big emphasis on health um most of my life they're a little bit more like natural and alternative and all the things but I mean there was obviously still a lot we didn't know and um yeah he was diagnosed and I saw what it was like to lose your health and it impacted me to my core when I talk about this stuff as well it was like I know a lot of this stuff in hindsight. Like I didn't know a lot of it at the time. Like I, Mm. you know, when I look back, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about living a healthy lifestyle. But I didn't really see it that way at the time. I just struggled a lot. And then he passed away when I was 16. And um, I was basically in denial of that. Not that he passed away, but how I was feeling and how I was dealing with it for about five years after that. So I went into this massive spiral of, um, mental health issues like um i had anxiety and depression and multiple personality disorder borderline Mm. uh, personality disorder and uh like i don't know it was just like i was just in this spiral of self-harm and self-loathing and self um anything that was destructive i was like yep sign me up you know (laughs) it was just it was yeah it was this whole cycle but at the time I didn't see it that way you know I really thought I was just living my best life and doing what I wanted but I was really just numbing myself and creating a separation between um yeah my feelings my my body my earth experience and um you know everything that I was here to do I was creating this massive separation because it felt so overwhelming Um, but I feel like a really interesting series of events happened that ended up changing a lot of that for me. And one was actually before I was even really bad in terms of like my, uh, 
self-deprecating behavior. Mm-hmm. When I was about 18, my mom was like, hey, watch this movie with me. And I just kind of started patching up my relationship with my mom again because I, um, we had a big falling out after my dad passed away. I just, you know, I didn't want to be in her space. And so we kind of started patching stuff up again, though, at this point. And she was like, watch this movie with me. And I'm like, what is it? She's like, oh, it's a documentary. I'm like, mom, I do not want to watch a documentary. <laughs> right. Like, it's called The Secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we know that. And I'm like, oh, The Secret. Sounds cool. And I was like, but what is it about? And she's like, it's like The Secret. Like, you actually going to be really successful. And there's a secret that no one knows about. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. You know, that, by that point, <laughs> me enough and I was like as I was watching it a part of my soul was like I knew it (laughs) like we can have whatever we want in our lives Mm -hmm. but I was also so far down my own kind of like spiral that I didn't really incorporate it was like in the moment I was so lit up by it but then I completely forgot about it the next day and um about five years later though, when I was really, really bad, like, cause I mean, I guess what had happened is my depression had been going up and down. I'd been struggling up and down. Uh, but then I was getting to a stage where I was kind of more aware of, uh, at this point I was at university and I was more aware of where I was self-deprecating in some aspects of my life. And I was mm-hmm. really wanting to change, but I noticed that when I thought about changing, I would have a lot of like outbursts, like I would either have anger outbursts, I would have suicidal thoughts, Um, and there was one point even where I was standing in a supermarket and I was like, why the heck am I shopping for food? Like, I just want to die. I don't want to be shopping for food. Yeah. And it was this, like, it it was actually one of the most like intense moments. Cause I remember just like staring into a freezer and being like, what's even the point of me buying this food? And then it was like this tiny little, like light cracked open inside me. And it was like, you're not done here yet. And that was actually when I decided to sign up to counseling and, you know, help myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it was around that time that, um, that I remembered the secret and I remembered like hearing about those, you know, those Japanese water experiments where they talk remember. into the water and they say good things to yeah. it. Yeah. And it like changes the water molecules. And I like looked it up on YouTube and I found Ted talks and I'm like, what is this world? And, you know, I kind of started feeding myself this stuff and I was kind of, just through the series of events through being so low and then deciding I wanted to change myself. All of these memories were coming up of the, all, all of these things around the law of attraction. And I was like, that's it. It's time for me to start doing more good in my life. And, you know, and I started writing down things I wanted. I started writing down the, the perfect partner that I wanted. I started writing down, um, you know, but I think that's when I started dreaming again. And I said to all my classmates, like, oh, what are you going to do after university? I'm like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Or I was like, I'm going to maybe go work with celebrities. I don't know. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like in my own world. But I um, and then I did meet my partner. And then when I was on the job hunt, I just felt sick every day, like thinking about the idea of having a job. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, I remembered like an old family friend that um was partnered with a network marketing company that had a really similar like health and nutrition vision as what I did, which was a free world, a world free of disease. And so I was like, what's this thing? And it's a business. What can you do? And that, that's where I started in business. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you went into network marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I started. And it was a beautiful start for me because it kind of taught me, um, it taught me entrepreneurship in some ways. Like I feel like there was still a lot to learn beyond that. Yeah. But it started my personal growth journey. It started my hunger for, um, for really creating success and 
seen that it was possible, which was really, really powerful for me. Yeah. So, and do you do any network marketing today or did you completely leave that? Um, so I didn't completely leave it because I'm still obsessed with the company's products. So I mean, <laughs> my husband and I, we still like, no matter where we're in the world, we find a way to get our products. And because of that, we still have an active business that pays us. And every now and then we have people that are like, Oh, what, you know, what supplements to use or whatever. And I'm like, Here, here's a link, but it's not active anymore. Like it's not um, my focus mm -hmm. anymore because also like, um, a huge part of as I developed and as I grew because like that story is like a story in itself because the first year we had tons of success and it was amazing and then the second year all of a sudden it all crumbled and fell apart and for five years from that point we were literally struggling like we we had such a bad relationship with money and by we I mean my husband and I yeah we had uh, such a bad relationship with money that we, while we were making a lot, we were spending like three or four times as much as we were making because we were just mm -hmm. like, oh, it'll just keep going up. Yeah. And we weren't, we weren't smart about our spending though. It was like stupid things. We're like, oh, let's get a car loan and let's, you know, buy all these clothes and let's buy flights to here. And it was just like <laughs> totally crazy. Um, and so we got into this really bad financial situation and it was, it felt like no matter during that time, how hard I worked, I wasn't getting anywhere. Mm. I was learning a lot like persistence yeah. and <laughs> gratitude. And that's also how I came across spirituality and the whole concept of abundance and everything, because I was trying to work my way out of our problems. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went internal that they, that they changed. Yeah. So let's right. talk about that shift because your mm -hmm. book is obviously about abundance and, mm -hmm. you know, really digging into that um, mindset and way of being. So what was that shift like for you? Yeah. Um, well, it was kind of like to the point when I knew we started needing to work on our money mindset was 2015, which was the year we were getting married and we'd like put deposits down on all of these things we could not afford. And mm. we were in this space where we were needing to manifest the money to, um, to pay for everything. And I was just like, basically on my knees about it, you know, like I had no idea how it was going to happen. And we were, I started picking up some financial books and started reading and, you know, trying to create a budget and cut off anything that wasn't necessary expense and all of those things. So I was kind of being smart in that aspect, but it felt so overwhelming. It felt so scary. But, um, so yeah, it was, it was through a series of events. Like a friend was like, Oh, have you heard of this? you know, these meditations and she led, lent me these meditations. And then my mom saw this like ad on Facebook for this like abundance, um, course and she bought it and gave it to me. And, um, <laughs> was, you know, it was all these things. And I started listening to it and a lot of it was talking about how abundance isn't necessarily something that's in our external environment. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't have abundance. So I need to create abundance was my mindset at the time. Mm -hmm. What I started to very quickly learn is that abundance is actually a state of being it's who we are really down at our blueprint. We are abundance. We create, we kind of separate ourselves from abundance, right? Like it's the whole concept of we don't um, create abundance. We are abundance. What we do is we create limitations. Right. So I, yeah, it was like this feeling of we had like incredible debt. We had creditors calling us all the time and we, we eventually stopped ignoring them, but for quite a long time, we, we ignored them, which only made things worse. Mm -hmm. But, um, it was in this space when if every, like when I thought about my finances, I would just cry. I'd be sick to my stomach. 
But then slowly through the work that I was doing and I was like looking into it and learning about abundance, I was starting to see that if I just allowed myself to feel abundance over small things, which really started with gratitude, to be honest, it was just like, you know, I'm grateful for my relationship and I'm abundant and love in this moment. Mm -hmm. Then I would focus on like universe. Thank you for, you know, blessing me and supporting me on this path and then i would see an angel number and i was starting to learn about angel numbers you know i'd see like one 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 or three 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 eight or something and i was like oh my gosh and i learned to really celebrate a lot of that internal abundance and suddenly things that felt like not really that important to me suddenly started to feel like the most crazy and amazing and abundant things in the world like i remember my husband and I loved doing date nights and we couldn't really afford to go anywhere. So we would just like put a blanket in the backyard and take the laptop out and watch a movie in the backyard with like some food we cooked and, um, or we'd even sometimes build like a fort inside of our house or just do like really interesting things. And I could remember in those moments feeling the most abundant that I'd ever felt. And it confused me sometimes because I was like, but I'm so broke right you know like what does this mean but then through that attitude through that way of really rewiring my mindset around money I started to notice that suddenly like oh we would get a discount here and someone would offer us something for free there and suddenly like our bank calls us and they say we can reduce our payments and all of these things were happening and I'm like oh my gosh and then it was really when I started to focus on that internal feeling and shifting that um what abundance meant to me inside like how I basically looked at my life that's when we actually got out of our financial troubles wow yeah that's Mm -hmm. incredible and it's so I love hearing stories like this Mm -hmm. because it's so true our internal like our outer world is nothing more than a reflection of our internal world oh yeah And it's like, if you look at any area of your life and you're honest with how is it looking, how is it doing, how is it feeling, and it's not what you say that you desire, well, there's something going on internally. Yeah. So I love that you did that. And that was really hard for me to admit, you know, like, because I've always been... Um, in my own way, like, I guess I'm kind of competitive with myself. Mm. <laughs> and I've always liked to look at myself as a really good student and, um, you know, willing to grow and not buying into bullshit or excuses. Like, I've always seen myself that way. So um, when there was things that were like really obvious shifts that I could make that I wasn't aware of like I beat myself up a little bit about it you know like when I was thinking when like I remember facing the fact that our financial situation was because of our like financial um set point that we were living to that we created for ourselves it was a tough pill to swallow like you know I was like damn and I remember saying to my husband I was just like we're kind of in this position because it's our set point. It's like, that's, that's the, you know, the level we're vibing at. And he was just like, no, we're not. We're so much cooler than that. And I was like, you know, I want to agree with you, but you know, our situation says otherwise. Right. And it was so hard to admit to myself, but that's also, I think being one of the most powerful things as well. It's like one of the hardest things, but also the most liberating and empowering things at the same time when you can really just admit like, okay, the situation I'm in is uh, self-created. And if it's self-created, that means I can also create a new reality for myself. Oh, yes. God, that is so good. Like, I want to repeat that again. You create every situation in your real life. So if you created something you don't like, you can create something that you do and that you truly desire. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting too is, because I think even talking about abundance, it gets a little 
I don't know what the word is, a little sketchy sometimes in the space where people are like, oh, just be abundant, be abundant. And it creates almost like that overspending, right? Because it's kind of like you think you're being abundant because you're like, well, this money is going to come back and I can spend it here and I can spend it there. And it seems like that's almost what you were doing prior to actually realizing that abundance first starts on the inside. Yeah. And it was this like sense of validation as well. Like I thought it would make me feel more successful if I owned a lady suit. So I had to go buy one, you know, like (laughs) it was, it was just like a lot of things like that. And, um, we'd even, cause one of my like things that I love about creating wealth and it's like one of my favorite things to do with my money now is buy things for people, you know, like I love being generous with my money Mm -hmm. and, um, even when we didn't really have money, we would like go out for dinner and then secretly pay for all of our friends. And it was like, we even did things like that. So it wasn't, it was just like, in a way it made me feel more successful when I wasn't really at that time, you know? And so I, that is such an interesting concept because yeah, abundance is about your internal state. And I think like one of the powerful things, like when we talk about abundance and then overspending and that kind of thing is that's where we sometimes get our wires confused as well. And we think that it's just about um, the money and everything as well, which it's not. It's it's literally um, this like, I guess if we're talking about our relationship with abundance with money, it's it's about our relationship with money. So if we think about it that way, money likes to be respected. Money likes to be well spent. And when we're spending money on things we don't need, we're actually in a space of disrespect to money, which is also more scarcity than it is abundance because sometimes it's like, I need this now Mm. to feel abundant because you know, Oh, the money's going to come back anyway, but it's not really about that. It's like about if you really desire it and you're being in respect to money and you know, you, you know that it's something you want to buy, then you can but it's not just like spending it for the heck of just spending it and like, Oh, that means I'm abundant. No, like it's the internal game. That's the abundance. Right. Gosh. I so love that you're talking about this because I do feel like, um, I've definitely been in that trap in the past Mm -hmm. of being in this sort of state that I thought was abundance where I'm like, well, I can just buy this because of course I'm going to make the money back. Of course, like money's always flowing to me. All these Mm -hmm. affirmations that you hear, even people that are teaching about money and money mindset, Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, oh, every dollar you spend is going to come back to you. And you say these things, but if you are not doing that from an empowered state, again, doing that internal work first, then it's actually not going to really be reflected in what you're doing. And it is a totally different energy. It is like that. I have to have this thing right now. And it's, it's hard to, you know, program yourself out of that living in sort of this, the society that we do, right? Like this Mm -hmm. instant gratification society. And of course, like seeing people on you know, Instagram with have, and you perceive that they have living this crazy life and you're like, well, I want that. I deserve that too. Yeah. And it's so interesting as well, because I even used to do things like when I was really learning how to respect money better, it was like, um, I would go out for a coffee date, for example, with a friend, but I knew that um, because even at the time buying a coffee was like (laughs) out of the question for me, but you know, I knew I could either spend the $5 or whatever on my coffee Um, and then be like later, like, oh damn, how am I going to put gas in my car? Or I could choose to just, um, 
even though I still had that mindset that of course, if I spend money, it's always coming back to me. But it was like, I didn't really see the need when I could have a coffee before I left, you know, with what I had at home, I could go and I could drink a water and I could still be in the energy and in the space of really enjoying myself and not letting the fact of whether or not I bought a coffee, make it a good or a bad experience. Right. You know, because like we can still actually allow ourselves to be in the vibe and the energy of what we desire without needing to spend money if that's, you know, not exactly in alignment with where we're at right now financially. And like another example is when people really desire travel, it's like you you can actually create the feeling of travel in your own hometown. If you like go to a new restaurant or you explore a new part of the city or you go on a walk you've never been on, like you can create that kind of curiosity and that adventure and whatever feelings that you desire, if it's travel, you know, you can create that within your space. And then it's like that feeling and that joy and that gratitude about the, what you're feeling in those moments is actually going to, that's what's going to attract more opportunity for you to actually go travel or for you to actually go out and, you know, spend more or whatever it is. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that because it is so important to center ourselves back to like, what can I do right now rather than getting stuck in that happy when trap or, you know, I'll feel this way when I do this thing or, you know, I'll feel really good when I'm able to travel the world. And it's like, okay, but if you feel really good now and have those feelings, you're actually going to be able to travel the world because it all starts from that state of being. So I would love to know from you, like, what was, like, did you have a sort of aha moment when you were doing this work, like, specifically around the abundance? Did you have, like, something just, what was, like, the clicking point for you? What was, like, oh, my gosh, I've been doing this all wrong? Like, and you were talking a lot about the respect relationship. So I would love to know, like, how you cultivated that, what that really means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was multiple aha moments for me along the path I think one of my first things was understanding that money is really an energy and it was like one of my most favorite visuals to play around with because um if we think about that money is an energy right just like I mean we can imagine anything that we have in our life as an an energy or some sort of entity I like to imagine money as if it was a friend of mine you know, and when I talk about creating respect with money, which probably actually was one of my biggest aha moments. And this mm-hmm. is one of the things that for me is probably been one of the most revolution, revolutionary. And I still apply this mindset today, whenever I find myself in a situation where, you know, I'm like, unsure what decision to make with money. And I, I bring this visual back in. But it's like, if I imagine that money is a friend, it's like, what's your relationship like with them, right? Like, if you say, oh, I really need money. But then when you're around other people, you're like, oh, I don't care about money. You know, it's not about the money. The money's sitting there going, what? You're just like crying on your bathroom floor saying you need me. And then you're like, oh, I don't care about you in front of other people. Mm. Or, you know, like you uh, see a penny on the floor. You ask for more money from the universe and then you find a penny on the floor and you're like, oh, but I'm too good to pick that up right now. Like, right. Can you imagine if you're just like, oh, I really, you know, I wish I could see my friend. You're like messaging them online. And you're like, oh, it'd be so cool to see you. And then you see them on person, like walking by the street and they're like, hey. And you're like, <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> not today. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> your eyes, you're like, yeah, you know, and it's like, if you really treated a person the way that you treat your relationship with money, um, you know, what kind of relationship would you have? Like, would money be like, knocking at your door excited to come over and want to hang out with you and be like bffs with you and go to the spa with you and all the things or would they be like you're kind of a dick (laughs) right (laughs) 
<laughs> who do you think you are? Like, you're confusing me. I don't know what you want. Do you want me? Do you not want me? Just make a decision. Like, this is kind of like the, the relationship that we have a lot, a lot of times with money. So cultivating that respect is like really knowing money, which like you would want to know a friend, like, and being interested in caring. And so that relationship with me started with starting to actually pay attention to where I'm spending my money and um, starting to pay attention to where I'm earning money. I do like every single week I have like a day uh, dedicated to money in my calendar, like an afternoon. And I put on a playlist, like I created a playlist with like really fun, high vibe songs, like either about money or that make me happy that I play while I do my finances for the week. Yeah. It makes it just such a fun experience. And then also reframing my relationship around where I'm spending money as well, because what I notice for a lot of people is that debts or bills and those sorts of things can sometimes feel like the, the, like oh, like, I don't want to spend this money. And, you know, I just got my money and now it's flying out the door again. And it's like, we have this like relationship with those things, like as if they're not good. But then if you mm-hmm. think about it, if you're like paying your rent, hello, you're paying for the roof that's over your head. Right. You know, your phone bills, the fact that you get a scroll on Instagram, like all of these things that we sometimes lose appreciation for. So I also reframe like my bills and any debt, like if I was paying off my credit cards and everything, like I would refer to those as the blessings I've already received. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. And I even renamed my credit cards because one of our credit cards that we got while we were being crazy with our money, we like bought all this travel on and I called it like our travel blessings. And every time I'd see that amount in there, rather than getting myself all worked up about it, I'd be like, Oh yeah. And remember like we went there and that was a lot of fun. And I I started to like have a little bit more gratitude for what we actually did with the money rather than just like looking at it and be like, Oh my God, how am I ever going to get myself out of this hole? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, that's just part of it, but that definitely is going to help that respect. And when you know what's going in and out, then it also helps with the decisions of what you want to do. And then you can either get really creative or you can be really grateful every time you spend money. Like it's, yeah, it's just a really important part, I think, of building a relationship with money. Beautiful. So then um, what was really the turning point for you? Because you talked about how you went from obviously a struggling entrepreneur to now being like, boom, business is great. And you, you know, have the abundance mindset and all of that. What was the shift um, to go from like that struggling entrepreneur to where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, they're like, oh, it was a change in industry because I, you know, I, that's when I launched my coaching business when things really started to shift for me. But I don't think it was just that. I think that the major thing was that, um, I hired a coach within like a coaching program and I was, and this was the first time that I'd hired someone that was kind of like outside of the industry, someone that was completely neutral to my situation because before that I paid for coaches or for programs, but it was always like they were helping me with something really specific Mm -hmm. that um, I thought I needed or that they were within my industry or whatever. So it was kind of like, um, this is the first time that I hired someone who was completely out of the box. And it was kind of like a weird thing because I just asked, like I was, I was like praying and I was like, please send me a sign of like something that can help me. Like, I, I feel like I need to invest or learn from someone, but I don't know when or who or what. And mm-hmm. then a friend of mine who's a clairvoyant and like a, a business coach and everything, like she uh, posted, she wasn't a good friend of mine at the time, but she posted something online, like, Oh, I'm launching a course. And it was starting on my birthday. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is totally a sign. <laughs> and so I asked my mom if she could get it for me for my birthday. Cause I couldn't even afford it. And she did. 
Um, and I started there and um, when I was in there, she was bringing like a lot of information through. She was just like, you know, wh why are you limiting yourself with what you're doing? So what I noticed is that up till that point, I'd been like, I first have to get successful at this one thing. And then after I do that, I'll try all of my other ideas because I had plenty of ideas. You know, I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to um, offer programs. I wanted to run retreats. Like, and I dabbled in a few of those things before, but I never mm -hmm. really stuck to it because my mindset till that point was I first had to get successful at this and then I could try other things. And she's like, you have so many good ideas. Like, why aren't you acting on them? I was like, Oh, well, don't I need to do one thing at a time? And she's like, you're crazy. Like just do what feels good. And I was like, Oh, what a revolutionary idea. Like, right. no. But, so that's kind of how it like, like it shifted and I started doing more of what I liked and I started following this idea. Okay. If it feels really good and I'm excited about it, I'm going to do it. And that's basically, I've been building my business since then. But the biggest component I think as well was that I finally like everything that I'd learned started to make sense so I was learning about masculine and feminine energy like I'd learned about human design and I'd learned about all these things and rather than just being like oh yeah that's really cool I was like I'm gonna master this stuff I'm gonna uh, really step into it so even though I was so scared because I was such a masculine energy driven person you know like I mean, for those that don't know what I mean by that, it's like everyone has the masculine and the feminine energy mm -hmm. and the masculine's a little bit more, I guess, like the hustle, the go, the doing yeah. versus the feminine's a lot more about the receiving and allowing things to come to you and everything. And I was so masculine dominant and I was so scared to be like, I'm going to take the afternoon off and maybe go for a walk or take a bath. Yeah. But I started to listen to those things. So it was like, I, I really like um, did my best to incorporate all of those things. I think masculine and feminine energy, like really minding my balance between those two was massively powerful. And then really following what felt good for me and doing it even if I was scared. Like I was so scared to start my yeah. podcast because I was scared of the commitment, to be honest. I was scared to have to show up every single week. Mm -hmm. And um, when I hired my next coach, I was so scared because it cost more than I was earning and we were traveling at the time. Like, right. you know, was, and that, that was like a very interesting decision based on what I was just talking about money, but I just knew it in my soul. It was the right decision. It was like a complete soul. Yes. And um, yeah. And so it was like mainly those two things, which sounds so simple, but I always say like people underestimate the power of small things applied consistently. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you talk about the masculine feminine energies because, well, you know how big that is yeah. for me and what I do. And I just think it's huge, especially with navigating the business world and like going off of your feelings and like really being able to judge that and not listening yeah. to the fear voice, but listening to the intuition. And mm -hmm. once you hear the intuition, realizing that everything that comes after that is the fear and that's the bullshit and we don't have to listen to that. And yeah, you're so right. afraid. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't think I know anybody, especially if you're building a personal brand sort of business that doesn't have fear around that, that doesn't have fear around putting yourself out there and doing it, but you show up anyway, because it's not really about you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, the thing you just mentioned about, like when you hear the intuition, things that come after that are the fear. I think that's such an interesting concept because it was like, through, you know, Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Yes. Yeah, like she talks about that as well. Um, and then there was like other other books and more spiritual books as well where I've heard the same thing. But apparently there's like a five second window between when you hear your intuition and it like takes for that um, intuitive hit 
to then make its way through your mind into kind of like the ego thoughts Mm -hmm. and that exact five second window, which is why um, like Mel Robbins teaches that if you act within five seconds or start moving and start doing something towards it, then the fear doesn't set in as much because it hasn't kind of had a chance to process it yet. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never read that book. I've heard the concept. I haven't really Mm -hmm. looked into her as much, but that's interesting. To me, it's always like I get, I get the yes, right? Like this is what you're supposed to do. And then I'll probably get another yes. And to me, I correlate it to as like my spiritual body getting it, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's where the connection comes into my spiritual body. It's like, yes, I know my emotional body's like, yes, I feel like this is the right thing to do. And then Mm -hmm. my mental body's like, nope. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, it's still a yes. I I got the spiritual yes. I got the emotional yes. Mentally, I'm like, no, but I'm like, physically, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, my mental side is always like, you're insane. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always like, yeah, I know, but isn't it a little bit fun? (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same. Sometimes, um, you know, when I was talking to my mastermind group about this a couple weeks ago, I was like, I literally feel crazy a lot of times where it's like, (laughs) this couldn't possibly be what I'm supposed to do. Oh my gosh, I so relate. (laughs) And I think we all have that within us and we just are like, oh, well, probably crazy. But what is crazy anyway? It's a made up word and a made up concept because it's really all made up so we can make it mean whatever we want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love this so much. So I would love to kind of wrap it up with you. So I have a couple questions. One is where can the audience find you? Mm -hmm. So I'm really easy to find because I have a unique name, which I'm so (laughs) grateful for. So at Viola Hug, you can find me basically everywhere. Um, And ViolaHug.com is my website, which is kind of like the hub to find it all. Um, But yeah, I hang out a lot on like Instagram stories and I have um, a podcast called Abundant Babes, a podcast for the visionary and a Facebook group as well, um, Abundant Babes, a home for the visionary. Beautiful. And we'll link all of this in the show notes. And then what are you most excited about right now? What are you creating? What's like lighting you up right now? I am actually so excited because on our digital nomad travels, and I know this is like, oh my gosh, this is not even a problem, but it's like when you move around so much, it's like sometimes it's hard to get your feet like planted and really grounded. And um, we're here in the place that I'm living for three months in total. So I've got about just over two months left here. And I'm just so excited because I have a lot of um, projects that I've been working on that I haven't had the chance to like bring out. I'm like creating an audiobook for my book. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and I'm really just excited as well to focus on a lot of my one-on-one coaching as well because, um, yeah, I haven't taken on a lot of new clients the last little while because I've been so, like, crazy. But, yeah, no, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about everything really right now. <laughs> Love it. Okay, last question. You have a group of women standing beneath you. You're up on a balcony and you have, like, to scream out something at them. What do you say? <laughs> No matter what you desire, if you desire it, it's meant for you and it's inevitable it will happen if you work towards it. Yes. Yes. Oh God. I so believe that. I so love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shail. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. Yeah. And babes, you know, if you loved this episode, we ask that you please share it with another babe that needs to hear it. You can tag us on Instagram, take a snapshot, let us know you're listening. You can find me at Miss Kelly Kristen. You can tag Viola at Viola Hug, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. 
Hey babes, thank you so much for joining me today. If this brought you any value, I ask that you please share it. And if you could just do me one favor and rate and review us on iTunes, it really helps to spread the message and grow this community. And that is our number one goal, to grow the community. If you have not already, please join us in the High Vibe Babe groups on Facebook. It is a community of like-minded women working together to empower and uplift each other. It is the place where all high vibe babes need to be. And with that, I hope that you have a super high vibe day.